0: Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Christian
1: Diadamo. Christian, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Henry. Ready to talk about some Peacemaker. Yes, yes, yes.
0: That's right. The timing is good because Peacemaker Season 1 just finished. Yesterday, February 17th, 2022. Today is Friday, February 18th, 2022. So, this is hot off the presses, brand new stuff. Uh, real quick, the Comic Sauce Podcast is on social media at Comic Sauce Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah. Today's episode is going to focus on Peacemaker. So, yeah, this one this one kind of took the world by storm in a way. I don't think many people were particularly hyped about this show going in. Um, maybe we can start there. What were our expectations for the show? you know we were introduced to the peacemaker character in the suicide squad um but even after that movie i don't think a whole lot of people were very familiar with this character so yeah christian what do you think what were your expectations for this show going in
1: well like as a like someone who's always read dc comics and like big dc comics guy like I had no idea who Peacemaker really was. I like rarely ever saw him like actually, no, I never saw him in like a comic before I never really read much suicide squad growing up. So, um, and then suicide, the suicide squad comes out and I really loved the movie. I gave it a very high praise. I said it was like my favorite comic book movie of last year, but even like after, after that going into this with, Starring, you know, John Cena and directed by James Gunn. I still wasn't all that hyped for it. Um, weirdly enough, because, because like I really love Suicide The Suicide Squad. As like its own singular picture and its own singular movie. And I guess I at the time I wasn't really sure what to make of it as. You know, uh, kind of like branching out with uh, with different characters. With the exception of like Harley Quinn. They're all like very, very, you know, DZ list characters. Mm-hmm. But that's that, that's me. So what, what did you think, Henry, going into it?
0: Yeah, I had a very similar feel going in. You know, uh, it should be noted that season two has been announced. You know, it kind of speaks to how successful season one has been, you know, season two already announced. So that's exciting. Uh, But that said, I had zero expectations going into season one. And to be honest, I wasn't even particularly planning on watching this. Um, I think it was maybe some of the buzz started to kick in early on and then I decided to check it out. Um, But yeah, I gotta be honest. I wasn't even planning to watch this show and kind of like what you're saying. um, I did enjoy the Suicide Squad movie, not as much as you, but I certainly enjoyed it. Um, And I did enjoy the Peacemaker character in it. Uh, But when I heard there was going to be a show about, peacemaker i was like really like why and and uh you know i it didn't really spark much interest right uh so my expectations were certainly pretty low and um when i did end up starting to watch uh the show um yeah that's when things kind of changed. like right from the get-go I think uh, I was uh, I kind of had this perspective of whoa wait this is there's something to this show <laughs> uh, so yeah I think we're we're kind of jumping at the bit now to get into it but let's get right into the show and uh, real quick before that spoiler alert we will get into uh, much detail in the show so if you haven't seen it uh, first off I would say watch this show (laughs) do watch peacemaker
1: watch peacemaker yes watch
0: this show and uh and then come on back and and uh hear what we have to say about it but yeah let's dive right in Uh, i think there are a lot of uh highlights to the show uh maybe we can talk about that a bit uh what did you like about peacemaker season one
1: yeah, uh, there's a lot to like. I I really fell in love with the show, um, and like it is it is wickedly funny. It channels a lot of that same energy as the Suicide Squad, that James Gunn like over the top, very like like eighties driven kind of, like kind of vibe to it mm-hmm. that I just really personally vibed with um i never thought i would say this but uh john cena is a really good actor i think this is the perfect role for him i think james gunn has a way of taking like a wrestling star and putting them in finding the perfect <laughs> comic book character for them yeah, and point. that really blows up their career pretty much what he did with dave bautista as drax and guardians he does with john cena here yeah and I think like John Cena, but like he shows like a very wide range of emotions too. He's not just like someone with good comedic timing. Like he hit some really good like emotional beats as well towards the latter half of the series. Um, I I think it's like very well done. I think the um the bugs were actually like they channel also the same energy that they had with Starro, where they're like very grotesque. And in literally in your face. The second time there's like an alien that like acts very similar to the face tugger from Alien, although this one goes inside your mouth. Yeah. And I think that like the hardcore action and gore mixed with that element of like body horror in there. Like just seems to vibe really well with Peacemaker and James (laughs) Gunn. So um, that's like, I guess you know, off the top of my head, those yeah. are things that stuck out as just really, really enjoyable about the show.
0: Yeah, a few of many highlights. I mean, there are almost too many to cover here. <laughs> there are a lot of great things in this show, uh, but I'm glad you called out uh, John Cena's performance because, yeah, um, maybe forgotten in all the comedy of the show is seen as dramatic performance and he's really good. You know, he's, he's, he, he, he nails all the, the, uh, the drama moments, you know? Um, and of course he nails all the comedic moments too, of which there are many, this show is so freaking hilarious. I mean, just from the very beginning to the very end, it's chock full of comedy. The comedy works so well, uh, you know, on multiple levels. Uh, so one thing James Gunn does so well in this show is is comedy setups. So he sets up gags at one point, and then he has them pay off at a later point. And he does that... Um, in a number of different ways so one of them is the whole uh dyed beard thing with uh economos and uh it's literally like a season-long gag like peacemaker makes fun of economos's dyed beard at the very beginning of the season and then there's this awesome payoff at at the season finale you know and it's just it's just awesome and then there's there's similar kind of payoffs that are like within the episodes like he set something up at the beginning and then he pays it off at the end and it's so great um and, and there's so many of these like comedy setups uh you know too many to list really uh, there's one later i'm definitely gonna bring bring up i, I don't want to talk about it now but i'm gonna bring it up later um, I know i
1: got one too <laughs> yeah i
0: think it, i have a feeling it might be the same one but um yeah so many of these great setups and and that's just like one level like these setups you know another really great uh comedy thing that Gunn does here is what i can only describe as comedy landmines like just these moments of incredible comedy that it's totally that is totally unexpected. It's just out of nowhere. So there's this one moment pretty early in the season, and it's one of these moments where in a lot of like action movies, it's just kind of a throwaway like exposition type scene. So it's uh, our our protagonists in a van going on a mission, and uh, uh, at a bio is just like kind of doing like a, like an iPad presentation just to cover like the, the basics of like what needs to get done, whatever. And almost immediately, you know, myself, I'm sure a lot of the audience audiences almost like starts to kind of tune out maybe subconsciously, but just kind of starts to tune out because like, oh, okay, here comes an exposition moment. Right. And then boom, like she, <laughs> she swipes the ipad and then you see the image of like female genitalia (laughs) just like out of nowhere and then like everyone in the van goes whoa and and the audience is like has has, is having the same reaction right and uh it is just completely hilarious and it just comes out of nowhere right and uh like that's another type of comedy that Gunn uses in the show he just like has these like explosions of comedy that come out of nowhere. Right. So like, particularly that moment, like when that moment happened, I'm like, whoa, I I can't not watch this show because I have to see what happens next. I have to like keep watching and see if there are more moments like this. I I can't miss this. Right. And sure enough, there are a lot of moments where um, they don't really I don't know serve the narrative of the story uh and they don't really mean a whole lot um per se uh but they're just freaking hilarious right Mm -hmm. so so like all added together i'm telling you beginning to end this is like one of the funniest shows i've seen in a long time and i was just laughing my ass off the whole time and uh it's great it's it's a really fun show
1: Yeah, I definitely agree there. I think, like, one thing, another thing I think James Gunn does really well that really adds to the comedy is, especially with this show, and we've seen him in in some of his other ones, is I think he's so good at taking bottom-of-the-barrel, like, the Z-list characters, blank slate, and really making them his own, and like he's really good at making these characters feel like losers in a way like you actually you see part of the comedy is watching these characters fail really hard yeah um and like kind of have these like really like you know these big fuck up moments um i i i got to talk about i guess like uh what i was alluding to earlier with a really great setup and payoff um, I don't know if this is what you were talking about, but um, in the very last episode, when you know, he's going over the different helmets and he's like, this is the human torpedo helmet. Yeah. yeah. And he describes what it does and all that. And then later you see Autobio with the human torpedo helmet trying to save uh, peacemaker. And she just, here a torpedo! And, like, just, yep, you know, literally torpedoes <laughs> into a wall. <laughs> and pretty much just crash and burns right there. Because you're expecting this, like, big moment where she saves the day. Yeah. But she just crashes and burns. <laughs> and it, it's so, like, goofy looking. But like what like and like just watching her hit the wall and fall down like that you're it's (laughs) it's sudden you're not expecting it and you're expecting and even when you see her with the helmet you're expecting her to to take out the bad guy. But she does it and it's really hilarious and there's a lot of just moments like that. Yeah. Where you see the characters try to do something and they just like completely fail and they have to work around that. Like another one is where very actually similarly is when peacemakers trying to get Eagle to take the Sonic Boom helmet and <laughs> uh, yeah, drop it onto the onto the barn where all the butterflies are. But Eagle just swarms <laughs> off with it, and they have to go find it. Yes. So I think like like James Gunn is just done like a really great job at just crafting like just crafting losers and making them like very endearing while also like really hilarious. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. I was going to comment on that too. He is really building up this ability to make you fall in love with these misfit bands of outcasts, right? You know, we got the gardens of the galaxy We got the Suicide Squad, and now we got uh, Peacemaker and his team, right? And it's like he's going further and further down the D-list, right? (laughs) Like, you know, uh, when he introduced uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy to the world, a lot of people were like, who the hell are these guys, right? So they were B-list at best. And then the same kind of thing with the Suicide Squad, with the exception of Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, it really was a bunch of nobodies. And um, now, wow, he's really gone even deeper into the depths, right? It really is like, who the hell are these guys? And uh, it's like his superpower in a way to make you fall in love with these characters that you. Don't expect to fall in love with, right? Um, and he's yeah, he's made an art of it really, and um, yeah, it's something else. Like, we're talking about expectations, and yeah, I certainly wasn't expecting to enjoy this show this much, but I have enjoyed it a lot, and um, yeah, it, it just just like looking at the poster, like. Other than Peacemaker, a character that I, you know, knew little about, um, I had no idea about these other characters. And, um, yeah, it was fun getting to know them. Uh, I guess I should mention I was marginally familiar with the Vigilante character, um, but for the most part, I was going in very fresh. Um, So pretty cool, pretty cool to, to be pleasantly surprised like this. And I'll note, too, uh, the comedy moment you brought up wasn't the one I was thinking. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tease a little bit. Yeah. Tease tease a little more for later. Yeah. For later, I'm going to bring it up. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, bring that up uh, a little later. So maybe like I'll log James Gunn, I'll set it up and then I'll have it pay off at a later time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what else? Uh, Any other highlights you want to
1: cover here? Um let's see. Okay, so there's one there's one character we haven't really covered. I'm I'm curious to to know what you how you feel about this character. Um so that's Peacemaker's Dad. Ooh, yeah. Uh played by Robert Patrick, uh the T one thousand. Yes. Like. Um which like I thought he was great. I thought he I thought he did really, really well. I thought he was great. Uh, He was such a scumbag and he's like the perfect character. You like, you just, you know, you really hate, you kind of love to hate the guy Mm -hmm. because of how much of a racist asshole he is. Yes. And uh, I think um, I remember seeing somewhere that Robert Patrick, uh, when he, when James Gunn was telling him about the character, he, he basically tells him like, you are the worst father ever. You are an absolute piece of shit. And because of that, so is your son. Like, mm-hmm. you have scarred your son in so many ways, and you are just the worst. And Robert Patrick hears this and is like, wow, who wouldn't want to play this character? That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I can Um... The, like... And, like, seeing this, like... KKK, you know, this KKK Grand Wizard, basically... Um... I don't know if he's part of the comics or anything or if they really went, you know, they've ever gone that far with him. But he may he like he makes a really good like interesting foil for Peacemaker and like I think that's where a lot of the like more emotional moments come. It's about uh Peacemaker's kind of relationship with his dad and how ha- and what happened between uh you know, Peacemaker and his brother and how his brother died and, and everything that kind of stems from it and like you see like the way you see his dad like essentially put on this like kkk battle outfit yeah for the <clears throat> the second to last episode and come out with his like he you know it's kind of just like little army of guys And it's like, it's like, man, this is, this is, this is is a really good villain because you just (laughs) really hate his guts, you know, no redeeming qualities. But it's also like, it's, it's also like kind of like, there's something in it that it's like, there's something also very relatable in a way of which we kind of see around the United States. Oh yeah. That like kind of in, in a way it kind of channels this like kind of cathartic hatred for that. Right. And it's like, ooh, the headshot was like such a satisfying moment. Oh, yeah. Yes. What is...
0: But yeah, it, you know, with this show, which is very funny and completely bonkers in a lot of ways, it does touch upon a lot of social commentary of the day. Right. So um, definitely some interesting aspects to the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, this character, the white dragon, um, yeah, I think uh, he is, like, pure evil. That's funny, you heard him described as being the worst father ever. <laughs> and it, that's a pretty good description, I would say. Um, I find that maybe he was a little too extreme, Um I, I tend to like my villains a little bit more like, I don't know, realistic or relatable. Um, so I'm glad he wasn't like the big bad of the show, like the main villain. Um, because the way they used him, I think he was used effectively. Like he was basically used to develop the Peacemaker character. Um, when you find out how terrible a father he was... You start to understand why Peacemaker is the way he is. And you kind of, you know, build some sympathy towards him. Right. And um, so from that perspective, I think it's an effective character. The father is an effective character to develop the Peacemaker character. Um, I, I, I do think the character itself is, a little extreme <laughs> and um yeah like i said i'm, I'm just i'm glad that he, he wasn't the main villain in the show um but uh, yeah as a character de- developing device i think it's, it's pretty effective and yeah certainly when you get to see peacemaker take him out it is a pretty satisfying moment for sure Okay,
1: yeah, you had you had something, uh, Christian. Yeah, no, it's like I agree. I think that like he is better kind of off on his own. Yeah or like off to the side to leave the big alien, you know, the cow as kind of the main villain for the final episode. Yeah. Indeed. Uh um, oh yeah, go ahead. I'm glad that they have like what a, the there's like two episodes, like, you know, for the finale, like one for him that comes first. Um or one for white dragon that comes first. And then one, the, they focus the last episode on just the cow and taking out the butterflies. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So let's see,
0: uh, maybe a little bit about some of the other characters in the show. Uh, we mentioned of course, peacemaker and Adebayo and Economos. Uh, there's also Amelia Harcourt, um, and uh, there's Clemson Mern. Uh, so, oh, and of course, uh, Vigilante, right? The sidekick. So, yes. Now, um, yeah, I think I think the the cast overall was quite excellent. We talked about how Cena puts in a great performance, but I think overall everyone's really good in their roles. Um, how about the Vigilante character? I think. Uh, vigilante had a lot of great moments on this show um yeah what do you think about about
1: him yeah uh he he played off a of peacemaker really nicely and like he's like kind of the the weirdly obsessive fan that like tags along but like kind of surprises you sometimes like you know there's like a part in um where, like, v- vigilant or not vigilante, uh, peacemakers on the mission, where he used to like shoot the family of butterflies a- in like the house, and he just can't do it. Peacemaker just he-, he just like, no, I can't do it. I can't, like, they're telling me to kill kids, and I can't do it. And vigilante just shows up and takes all the shots <laughs> out of nowhere, and you're kind of not expecting that, or the way, like, um, vigilante, like. He, he has, like, some, like, he kind of takes that, like, superhero, like, persona just way too seriously. How he always keeps his mask on until, uh, like, until everyone kind of already knows who he is. Right, right. Uh, The part where he gets his, like, toe cut off <laughs> yeah. or half cut off. Right. Like, he was great. I really enjoyed him. And I think he... He, he added, like, he, he played off to, like, the rest of the cast really well. Yeah, I
0: agree. I thought Vigilante was great in this show. And um, really an unexpected source of comedy. Uh, he, he was, yeah, he, he, he almost stole the show in a lot of the scenes uh, here. Um, one thing that came to mind, though, is that Yes, uh Vigilante isn't you know a household name in terms of known dc characters, but um he was like the one guy I actually did recognize. I'm like, hey, I remember that guy, he's like a like a teen titans villain or something, right? Um and I... as I under as I understand it, he he's not a, a doofus in the comics right in, yeah. in the show he's a total goofball he's a total idiot doofus um i wonder like are are there going to be some comics fans who are who are going to be like you know hey what the hell did you guys do vigilante <laughs> here he's like a total idiot um be- because he's not a well-known person i think james gunn was like okay i have some some room to play with this guy right i can make him like a really goofy character um but yeah i just kind of wonder like because i i remember you know just like i'm not i've never been super familiar but i i remember seeing images of him as like hey that's a pretty cool dude right um i liked his character design and that sort of thing um but yeah what are your thoughts about like turning this fairly serious comic book character into a completely goofy uh character in the show
1: hmm like i guess it's it's hard to say like i guess like in general versus like vigilante the character like i will say like you know he's that's true he's like the one character you've kind of seen around you know here and there a little more than peacemaker himself right but like um he's also still like very very low tier. Yeah. So I think with that you still have you still have the bit of that blank slate. But um like yeah, you know, I I guess as a Batman fan, I will say there is room for both comedic and serious, you know, depending on the take. There you go. Yeah. Um but it all I guess it also depends on the execution. Like I think they executed it well enough here. To where uh, yeah they can get away with some changes but like you, you know if they hadn't done it well also going back to batman like you know everyone's least favorite comic book movie ever batman and robin which took a work comedic approach but it was so bad you know everyone hated it right yeah good so point it, it's a it's a bit of a balance you know yeah but overall i don't know i thought i thought they did like a pretty like really good job with him yeah
0: and i would add to that that vigilante does get a pretty awesome action payoff at the end you know yes he's pretty idiotic and he's a total doofus but he can kick some ass you know and that is you know that stays true to the the comic book character right and he does uh show that off in the finale he takes out a bunch of the butterflies and uh yeah he, he can he can handle himself so um yeah ultimately
1: i think uh, the character did work yeah it's kind of like well i guess like um like did you read much like guardians of the galaxy like at all like because i never really i only read like a tiny bit but like from what i've seen of like say like drax you know mm-hmm like his character is always is like a little more serious, right?
0: Right. Like yeah, would you say not, it's similar so, to that? Like similar, yeah.
1: But now with Dave Bautista, like you know, he kind of turned him, and like Dave and James Gunn, of course, they turned him into a much more comedic character. Yeah. But everyone loves MCU tracks, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true.
0: I think it's exactly what you mentioned. You know, if you're making the character comedic and it is legit funny people aren't going to complain if you're making it a comedic character and it just doesn't work then there is legitimate uh, you know cause for complaining then right but as long as it's working
1: <laughs> all good right
0: yeah like yeah uh, i guess
1: it depends on the character and like the context you know yeah yeah whereas like um yeah, I think, I think, like, if it didn't work, people would, you would think to yourself, like, well, why didn't they just play the character true to who the character was? Yeah. You know? If it doesn't work, it'll be the first thing that pops into your mind, as that's why that didn't work, you know? Yeah, you know,
0: this is a big reason why I love James Gunn. He's not afraid to go there. You know, he's not afraid to use complete unknown characters he's not afraid to take a serious character and turn them into a comedic character he 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 rolls the dice you know he makes those risks and um yeah when it when it works out it really works out you know it's great and uh so much of this stuff you just don't see right you don't see this kind of stuff and uh it's so refreshing and you know i love the fact that it works somehow it works. I mean, looking back at this show, I mean, it's pretty fresh in our minds, right? just finished up yesterday. Um, and I'm still just kind of processing it. But I, I, I still can't believe that the show works as well as it does. You know, it, it shouldn't work this well. But it, it just does. And uh, it's, there's just some magic there. It's really cool. Okay, so maybe we should move on. And talk about any low lights. is there anything in the show that you didn't like so much
1: anything hmm. like let's see as far as like didn't like um i think like you know um if there's one character because we we just talked about a bunch of characters you love and things we liked about them i feel like there's one character that was like very underused character like and i would say that's judo master I think that he was the character you just kind of felt like he was just there to break up the story and just have an action beat like he didn't really do anything um, other than like have like a quick action beat or a quick comedic beat and like his costume was so goofy looking like I thought I thought he would be like much bigger in the plot like he (laughs) stands out and they have some good jokes to them and they have some good beats with him but he's just there as muscle for the mansion scene. And then he, he's just kind of there to break loose from the chains. And then once he's gone, he's gone, you know?
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good take. Yeah. You know, the judo master wasn't in this show a whole lot. So maybe that's why I didn't have a huge problem with him because, you know, he didn't have a ton of screen time, but yeah, now that you mentioned it, the, the, the character, didn't have much of an arc i will say this though um he was in the scene that i think is maybe the funniest scene in the whole show and um you know i talked about like the comedy landmines in this show (laughs) this scene had that so um it's a scene with peacemaker and judo master and um there are a lot of jokes about how small judo master is right and uh peacemaker's talking about how like he can put him in his gi joe action figure collection right <laughs> and he goes goes on to talk about like other action figures he has including chewbacca right and then peacemaker just throws out this line bookies have teeth on their assholes that's canon <laughs>
1: i just i I forgot about that oh yeah
0: like i just could not believe it i had to rewind a couple times and i was like (laughs) laughing my ass off and a little bit more on this line um i followed james gunn on instagram and uh he posted a pretty funny picture after that episode and uh it's him googling and he took a screenshot he literally just typed in do space w o o k do wook right not even wookies do wook and then google autofilled edit <laughs> <and> <clears throat> it autofilled do wookies have teeth on their buttholes number one <laughs> on the results number one <laughs> so uh clearly people are watching and uh yeah people str- were wonder <laughs> strangely people were actually i don't know they thought it really was canon i don't know but it's just i wonder uh, is it canon <laughs> yeah. it's just uh, everything about everything <laughs> about that line is awesome and uh yeah So I agree, though. I agree. Uh, The judo master character was a little underserved. It seems like maybe they're setting up, setting him up to do more stuff in season two, perhaps. So uh, maybe we'll see some more development there Uh, as it was. Yeah, not a whole lot of development in season one, Uh, although, like I said, um, some awesome comedy moments. And like you said, uh, you know, there's some cool action scenes with them, too. Um, Okay. one thing I wanted to bring up is, yeah, like like I said, I'm still kind of processing the show and it is different. You know, like I've been saying, it's just kind of a different type of superhero entertainment. And um, I'm so used to characters that either A, I'm familiar with or B, that I'm like able to relate to, you know, um this show really challenges that right so these are not known characters and um it is difficult to really identify with these characters right and you know the the show itself kind of admits to this like there's people who are murderers who you're supposed to be kind of rooting for right and um yeah the uh the uh, Adebayo character is kind of like the voice of reason, like we're supposed to be um, kind of relating to her, right? Um, So in a way, yeah, she's like the relatable character, but pretty much everyone else is so extreme that it is really hard to, you know, um, completely get behind these characters. Uh, So I kind of struggle with that, you know, they are flawed characters, and they're, they're purposely flawed. I do recognize that Um, But I I thought a little bit about uh, the Joker movie, which is, I mean, tonally a completely different thing. You know, these are both uh, DC properties, but it's a completely different sort of thing. Um, But the the one thing I I found similar that I struggled with was kind of, you know, rooting for the protagonists in in both of the stories. Right. So I, I think the Joker movie is brilliant, really loved it. Um, But it was really hard to get behind this guy. Right. He he is really despicable in a lot of ways. Right. And the same goes for a lot of characters on this show. Um, Deeply flawed. And um, it's a challenge. You know, I I keep saying this, but it seems like it's purposefully done. Um, But uh, nevertheless, yeah, I I just found myself uh, struggling a bit to, to really get behind these people.
1: Yeah, like, I think, like, whenever I was, like, rooting for him, it it was kind of from that, like, kind of underdog kind of mentality, like, um, it would be because they're, like, like I said before, James Gunn, like, depicts him as these, like, characters who fail a lot. Yeah. And aren't really good at what they're doing, you know, what they're doing a lot of the time like autobio is just like our voice of reason is so far like out of her league dealing with this kind of thing and how like she was just, she just, she just happens to be Amanda Waller's daughter. And like, and even though she's the voice of reason, she's also the one that like plants the notebook on Peacemaker and kind of right, like screws right. him over. Yeah. Yeah and is the one it's like oh man you were like the straight shooter you were the good one yeah. but now oh man you kind of do that thing and that makes me like not like you you know and and like but you know on the flip side you have like people like murdering people and how right. vigilante has all these great moments but like i said he's just like you know he kind of jumped to murder the family of butterflies <laughs> with yeah. kids and all that yeah uh and and myrn the serious one you know the one this the serious you know commander of this whole operation turns out to also be a butterfly Mm, yeah yeah
0: yeah you know maybe on a deeper level the show is trying to blur the lines of good guys versus bad guys right um, everyone is flawed in this show everyone like you mentioned even the Adabio character has some moments of regret and just poor decisions right um everyone is flawed and you know as it turns out the ending of the show is is kind of um vague right um peacemaker and his team save the world question mark, you know, even that isn't super clear, right? Um, So uh, maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Basically, um, Peacemaker is successful in stopping the butterflies, right? Um, It's a global threat, these aliens and uh, Peacemaker and his team are victorious in stopping them. Um, but even the butterflies who kill humans and are looking to essentially take over the world, even they are somewhat sympathetic because their reasoning is to better the world, right? They, by their estimations, where the world is heading, where earth is heading, is doom and destruction. They see the infor- the, the, they see the misinformation, that we're all seeing in real life right now. And they're seeing the greed and corruption that we are all seeing <laughs> in real life right now. And they are seeing the human race coming to an end and they are looking to save us basically, right? Um, so did Peacemaker do the right thing? You know, that, that I think that's a legitimate question. Like in the end, it was a kind of a classic uh, superhero saves the world type thing. Um, but do you think uh, he did indeed do the right thing here?
1: Yeah, I guess that's a big question. That's a, that's a good question because I guess like, do you like, cause you know, you see there's a lot of imagery about America, you know, he has the Eagle as a pet <laughs> Eagerly, yeah. He had, you know, there's like all these American flags everywhere. And like a sense of like machismo, you know that like classic Americana action hero. But like I guess the you know the the question is like um like is you know is the idea of free will is the idea of freedom worth it? Because that's mm-hmm. what you'd be giving up in yep. order to save the human race is free will. Right. Do you want to? We we could solve all our problems greed corruption global warming you know what what have you if we kind of gave up our free will and acted like a singular hive mind or we can go about living you know being individuals and doom the world and i uh, like peace peacemaker of course chooses free will mm-hmm. he chooses that freedom to do to to live out you know the you know to live out the individual individuality of the self, but is that the right thing for the greater good? Yeah. Oh man, that's a that is a hard question. <laughs> that's a deep one. That is and, a pretty deep question. Yeah,
0: and maybe while you ponder that, I'll throw the parallel. It made me think of the end of the Watchmen story, where Ozymandias essentially murders millions of people in order to save billions i think he even says it i i removed millions in order to save billions uh so it's sort of like this bold move um for the greater good um like you see this time and again i think uh captain america winter soldier that's what Hydra was trying to do eliminate all these people on this list in order to uh bring order to the world right um so you know there there are these kind of deep questions right uh, i think uh black panther too i think uh what um killmonger was trying to do right um take out the corrupt in the world and have the oppressed people uh revolt and rise up you know um Yes, it involves murdering, um, but like in pretty much all the examples I've thrown out so far, it's for the greater gr- greater good, right? So, yeah, uh, you know, the more I think about it, I think, I think I, I do side with what peacemaker ultimately chose to do. Um, you know, the what the butterflies are trying to do, and um, you know, it, it was stated like you know, they, they, they said that the human race was heading toward guaranteed destruction. So we're, you know, what we're doing is saving you guys essentially. Right. But, you know, I don't think that's a for sure thing. And, um, and, and the, the show ends kind of on a uplifting note, right? It's almost like Peacemaker has this uh, reframed new perspective on life. And they're just kind of an optimistic feel. And I think, the, the takeaway for me was, um, you know, as long as uh, people are informed and uh, you know want to do the right thing, then then there is hope for us all, right? Uh, so you know, maybe it's overly optimistic, um, but I feel like, hey, that's a good message, and you know, if if Peacemaker can uh, you know turn turn his life around then why can't the rest of us right so anyhow, that's that's my take
1: yeah like i guess another part uh another character keep going back to autobio um uh, you know after she kind of does you know she kind of betrays peacemaker and in the you know in the mind of the audience we're thinking like ah i don't like this character as much anymore she comes around does and does the right thing at the end and outs amanda waller her Mm -hmm. own mom and goes public with everything that she that amanda waller was doing with the suicide squads and how they were using prisoners for black ops military missions and so you know eventually you know people do come around and do the right thing uh of their own free will you know Yep. out of did that of her own free will yeah and so yeah it's like another another sh- shot at like hope that you know we we can turn things around of our own free will while maintaining our sense of individual out individuality you know
0: yeah there we go
1: indeed no. Okay, I guess I'll I guess with saying that I guess I do side with peacemaker as well. <laughs> yeah it is a fun topic though yeah because it's an...
0: yeah, especially with superhero movies, these sort of things come up and usually it's like the villain who is doing this sort of like we must do this in order to serve the greater good type thing. Um, but you know it, it is thought provoking for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Um, and it, we're now we're just kind of in sort of random thoughts mode. Um, and speaking of random, um I did <laughs> I did jot down another uh, comedy moment. I, I want to call out, so yet another one of these like comedy landmine moments that are just like kind of out of nowhere and they don't serve the story particularly. But <laughs> there's a reference to Green Arrow on this show. Uh, (laughs) it is in the the season finale and uh yeah green Green arrow comes up i think um vigilante mentions them because they were thinking of like setting up a wire and just sort of like sliding the the sonic boom helmet across the wire and then having it blow up uh in the barn to, to destroy the cow right um so vigilante's like oh yeah you know like uh green arrow right (laughs) and then uh peacemaker says about green arrow that dude goes to brony conventions dressed as the back half of twilight sparkle with a hole drilled in the back of the costume (laughs) and just like another one of these moments that are just like what did you just say (laughs) and i had to rewind and i had to take it down (laughs) just just uh brilliant so brilliant
1: i i love what he says about like each superhero yes the the aquaman fucks fish Uh
0: uh-huh yep okay and and just uh you know um building off of that uh let me get to my uh my little teased moment um the justice league cameo amazing <laughs> oh my god this is so
1: cool so did not expect that
0: yeah totally did not expect and yet this is one of those moments that was kind of set up this was like an in episode setup at the beginning of the episode um out bio is having a conversation with her mom amanda waller on her phone and she says uh out bio says something that a lot of superhero fans think about you know like why don't you just call the avengers why don't you just call the justice league right and she literally says it like how about you bring the justice league in here we need some help right and of course she kind of gets blown off but the conversation doesn't end super suddenly She, you know, Amanda Waller asks her about like what kind of lead time do you need? And there's some questions there. And the scene just kind of ends a little bit open-ended. So when that scene ended, I wasn't thinking, okay, the Justice League might show up at the end, but I did think, oh, there might be like a cool cameo. Like someone might show up at the end. And I was definitely like waiting for that. Right. What I wasn't expecting, and from what it sounds like you weren't expecting is that. The Justice League actually shows up at the end. Super cool. And uh, so uh, when we say Justice League, it's uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and The Flash. Uh, Now, initially, it's uh, silhouettes of these four characters, right? And uh, Superman and Wonder Woman do not... Uh go beyond that. We we only see their silhouettes. So Henry Cavill and Gal Godot do not appear on this show. However, Aquaman, aka Jason Momoa, and The Flash, aka Ezra Miller, do have cameos on the show, and it is freaking amazing. It's so cool that they're in it, but they're also really funny. You know, they make reference to the Aquaman fucks fish rumor, right? Ed, it is such a great moment. It's a, uh, it's a great uh, geek out moment, you know, fan service moment, but it also serves this uh, comedy setup that I described. So, um, so great. So great. Just a, a great payoff. And, and it, it happens like right after the big action finale of the season. Right. Uh, so yeah. Unexpected
1: in so many ways.
0: What, what, what was your experience when, uh,
1: you witnessed this. It definitely was a surprise. You know, like the phone call just seems like, a, oh, Amanda Waller's just not going to do anything. Right. And it's like, that's at the beginning of the episode. So, like, far enough time has passed in the episode. A lot's kind of happened yeah. in that time. So you kind of forget about it in a way. Like, or at least I did. I. I thought, no, nah, they're just trying to, they're just bringing all these characters up just to kind of like make reference to the, uni- to the larger universe. But you really think like, okay, Peacemaker's kind of off in his bubble for the most part, you know? Yeah. I didn't think they'd actually bring in like the Justice League, you know? Yeah. And like the way that they do it is so great at how Peacemaker just walks right by them. And like I never thought I, I would ever see Aquaman tell like Flash to go fuck himself or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't really <laughs> think they would do that. Yeah. And but like the fact that they did <laughs> kind of makes it all that like the funnier, you know. You're not <laughs> really expecting the Justice League to say the F word. Yeah. It is I... so
0: cool. It is so cool that they let Gunn do this with these characters, right? Yeah, like you said, totally unexpected
1: love it yeah you're not really sure what like the budget is for the show and like if like they could afford the you know the larger actors like the like you think like okay they'll bring in like amanda waller and that's that's probably the farthest they'll go you know just for like a couple scenes and that's that's it that's it and but like and the fact that they show up like too late everybody happened a peacemaker just kind of like just brushes by them just ma- makes it all that all that much like funnier you know yeah yeah the fact that
0: viola davis appears a couple times on this show in itself is pretty cool like wow this is a real like a-list actor right um so yeah really wasn't expecting um the justice league to show up i i think they might've gotten lucky because they're probably thinking like, Oh, we want to promote the new Aquaman movie and the new flash movie. Right. So why not, you know, plug them in here. Um, That part almost seems like, okay, I I understand that, but allowing uh, James Gunn to like, have them like throw F bombs out there. (laughs) That was not expected at all. (laughs) That was something else. (laughs) But yeah, I was like kind of halfway expecting someone to show up. Like just that the the call with Amanda Waller earlier in the episode, I just felt like, wait a minute, there's, there's something to the tone of that scene. Like, wait, they might, they might have someone. And I was thinking someone from the suicide squad, like maybe, um, like Harley Quinn or something like, Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Um, but no way was I expecting the Justice League to show up here. So that was awesome. And uh, brings up another question. With the reference to Green Arrow and the actual appearance of the Justice League in the Peacemaker show, does that mean that all of these characters are now part of the DC Extended Universe? Is it all like... A connected shared universe now uh, we've had some conversations about this about like how connected are these dc shows and movies this show seems like a step towards connecting everything uh, what are your thoughts on on all that
1: um hmm like yeah of course like the dc like extended universe always feels like it's in such flux in a way there's always, like, it, and it seems like lately DC's just saying, like, ah, just do whatever you want. Maybe it's connected, maybe it's not. Well, we could try to throw something in at the last minute. Or, like, oh, we'll just slightly connect it to this other movie. But there's no, like, consistent, you know, through line, you know, like Ke- that Kevin Faye's put together. Yeah. So, uh it does feel more interconnected. Um like especially with like kind of what what they did with Amanda Waller and how Autobio just completely like her to the public and it seems like okay, she might go to jail, you know, uh, essentially affect like affecting what might be the next suicide squad movie. the suicide squad, James Gunn suicide squad. Uh, I think underperformed, I don't know if uh, that's gonna be if the if a third one would be in the works. So I'm thinking my thoughts for what would might be going forward is that they're essentially not going to do another suicide squad movie. And that's why they're, who knows if they'll bring back Amanda Waller and Viola Davis. So they might, that's why they might be putting her in jail or essentially moving the character forward with peacemaker season two and just keep that as the way to uh, move forward that like storyline and that, like, kind of world. Um, and with the larger Justice League, um, of course, we, we are seeing, like, Aquaman and Flash. And so it's, like, it's hard to say what, what like, the future of the DC is going to be until, I guess, after those two movies. Uh, specifically Flash. Because that's what everyone's saying is the one that's going to reset the universe. So I <laughs> wonder if they're going to use... If they're starting to like, okay, we'll close the Suicide Squad until maybe like years and years down the line or something. And kind of maybe have Peacemaker do his thing. And that'll be that story. And then we're going to switch everything up in Flashpoint. And then maybe that might be the new starting point.
0: Yeah, solid take there. Yeah, it is interesting how the Peacemaker season ended because, you know, it ended with Adebayo essentially closing down the Suicide Squad, right? She shut that whole shit down. And it does make you think, especially now that they've announced Peacemaker season two, it makes you think that maybe there will be no more. Suicide Squad movies, at least in the near future, there won't be a follow-up to the Suicide Squad. And instead, they'll just continue uh, the story through the Peacemaker TV show, right? I could definitely see that playing out. And um, kind of the bigger question about this DC movie slash TV show universe um yeah kind of like what you mentioned about how um they're just doing whatever they want um because i think they kind of have to do that because you know with what kevin feige did with the mcu you know they were building off of iron man and everything has been connected since then and they've been very calculated and careful with stuff you know even being careful there's been some inconsistencies here and there we've we've called out some stuff Um, but for the most part it is a solid interconnected shared universe um with dc like everything is so scattered it is impossible to like logically connect everything right so yeah i think right now maybe they're taking the right approach where it's sort of like Uh, we'll just do what we want (laughs) we'll connect it where where it seems kind of cool and it doesn't have to be fully connected uh, but we can have characters overlap here and there and wouldn't that be fun uh so i think as long as you're not being too much of a stickler about things uh it is kind of cool uh the approach they're taking right now i mean shoot jason momoa aquaman in the peacemaker show (laughs) i mean shit that was so awesome so um Why not uh, leave the door open for other moments like that? That would be cool.
1: Yeah, I will say like largely like one thing about DC is like um, they'll do like a lot of one shot comics or like one off storylines that may or may not be connected. They don't know or like off in their own universe, you know, like Batman, you're one is one example of, like, just a story that Frank Miller made. It's Mm -hmm. that, like, isn't... That wasn't really part of the canon, but just elements of it. It got so popular, elements almost just kind of got folded in over time. But it wasn't... It was kind of made out of continuity. Same with The Dark Knight Returns, um, All-Star Superman, or just kind of, uh, like, some of their most famous comics are largely their own self-contained stories anyway. Mm-hmm. So I will say, like, eh, that's kind of, you know, even though they kind of just, there's no, like, careful planning, and there's no, like, through line of, oh, what are they going to do with the mother boxes? It's like, eh, that's just kind of, that's just DC in general, and I think, like, eh, maybe they're, maybe now they're starting to play a lot more to their strengths. They've kind of seen, like, what people want. Oh, well, we'll just, here here you go, just make a Joker movie do whatever you want. It's not connected. Oh, here's a Batman movie that probably isn't going to be connected either. You know?
0: Yeah, I like that. You know, you bring up a great point. There is comics precedent to doing this. You know, when the Joker movie hit with huge box office and a lot of acclaim, a lot of people were like, okay, what's next? Is there going to be a sequel? Are they going to tie it in with the DCEU, all this sort of stuff? And um, now I think we can safely say that it can be its own thing. There doesn't have to be a sequel. It's a great movie. You can enjoy it and uh, it doesn't have to be connected at all. All good. Um, So, yeah, I think, I mean, so much of us are in that mode of like, oh, everything's got to be connected. Um, maybe we should kind of let go of that, right? Just enjoy what's out there. And if it's not connected, that's fine. Yeah. And it's funny, you just used the term canon. So the, the joke I mentioned earlier about, you know, that's canon. Uh, I, I want to use that more in my life. <laughs> I want to add that's canon to like a lot of things I'm saying. comedic effect it just uh it's so brilliant
1: (laughs) it was a great line yeah i gotta remember that one too i need to add that's canon to things i say
0: more often (laughs) okay uh let's get on to ratings on a scale of one to five how would you rate peacemaker season one what do you got christian
1: Hmm. so well i I really like Peacemaker. I think there was a lot of really great things about this show. I think uh, the cast did a great job. The humor was very on point. I thought the villains were great and kind of covered two very different grounds for the Peacemaker character and his team. One being the personal villain, whereas the other being the larger than life alien villain. I think the show hit a lot of right notes, as well as channeling the vibe from Suicide Squad, uh, a movie I also really, really loved last year. So uh, I'll give it the full five. I think Yeah, five out of five. I think James Gunn is taking kind of what he does best and um, working on it more and like giving us more of what we love
0: good stuff awesome yeah um i do agree that james gunn is at the top of his game here you know it's almost like he's really finding his groove he's finding what really works best for him and um yeah he he is he is just uh uh, completely on point with this show um I'm going to go let's see. 4 out of 5. Um definitely highly enjoyed it. And really just minor complaints aside, this is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. You know, it's it is just so hilarious. And um yeah. You know what what I've been thinking about is uh, a lot of the superhero media we take in shows and movies um a lot of times i watch it and i feel i don't know like a little anxious about oh i hope they don't screw this up or maybe it's, it's like a beloved character it's like don't mess with this character like don't fuck this up you know um there really wasn't any of that with this show right because we're dealing with these lesser known characters, and um, there's like zero expectations, like we've been saying. And with that mindset, like it really allowed me to just fully enjoy this show with like zero anxiety and, and zero worry. Um, you know, I, I love a lot of the superhero stuff, but yeah, I gotta be honest, sometimes I get a little worked up. I'm like, I'm looking for Easter eggs or I'm just like worried that they'll mess things up. And um, there really was none of that here. It it just was this like fun ride where I didn't have to worry about much of anything. Uh, So it's a lot of fun. Um, It was a different kind of fun. It's adult fun. (laughs) Uh, We didn't talk about the violence of the show, but yeah, uh, like the suicide squad, this is a very violent TV show. Um, and it deals with a lot of pretty hardcore stuff um, but bottom line it's hilarious it's fun and I highly recommend it
1: alright there there's, it is <laughs> there's one character I really want to call out before we stop that sure. I really want them to do with season 2 they name drop it uh, but it's Matter Eater Lad. <laughs> one of dc's like worst silver age characters <laughs> there's when we were at comic-con uh we were at the panel i think it was jim shooter and he said the big joke in like the 60s and 70s was that marvel has galactus dc has matter Eater lad <laughs> As a way to jazz, you know, take jabs at DC. But like after seeing this show, I'm like, holy fuck, they better put Matter Eater Lad in the next <laughs> season. I wanna see Matter Eater Lad. Something to look forward to. And yeah, like we've been saying,
0: they have officially announced season two. So absolutely something to look forward to. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Christian and Henry.